Welcome to Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. And now, here's your host, Work Mom. Hello, everybody. I'm Lori Jo Vest, and it's time for another episode of Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects. Networking sucks, and here's what you should do instead. Now, I've had oh, 30 years of networking experience. I've spent a lot of my career in sales or business development type settings, and networking is just a huge part of that. It's just what you do. And you'll hear me say over and over again that connected, positive relationships are an absolute requirement for success. And one of the ways you create those relationships is by networking. And a lot of people think of networking as sales. Uh, you know, I'm going to go to this event and I'm going to get as many business cards as I can and I'm going to see who I can sell. But I spent all that time in my career in sales and I never sold anything. I made a lot of friends. And that's how I look at networking. And we're going to dig into this to- topic a little bit here with um, Kylie Transit, who's representing our young professionals today. Say hi, Kylie. Hi, everybody. And also Wendy Caverly. And Wendy is our networking expert. And Wendy, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do to help people get over the hump when it comes to learning how to network happily and with ease. All right. Well, hi, uh, my name is Wendy Caverly, and I am the coach and founder of Crusaders Networking. And I am a coach that only teaches people how to network, which is create sincere connection. Because very similar to what Lori Joe said, I have done, I've been in, I've done political campaigns. I've done direct sales. I've done credit card sales. I've, I've uh, done right away work where I had to secure easements for utility companies. I've done a whole bunch of stuff. And over the years, I just learned that it is way easier to make a deal with somebody when you actually have a sincere connection with them. Um, oh, and yeah. Frankly, it's more comfortable for me as well because I, I hated feeling like I was bothering people or interrupting their day. I had a job in college where my job was just to call the people who had submitted an application to a company or a resume and ask them for an updated resume. And I had people tell me, sweetheart, you got to slow down. You're talking so fast. I don't even know what you want. And I wasn't even selling anything. I was literally just requesting a more current resume. But you were nervous, right? You were nervous. nervous. I'm interrupting their day. I'm cold calling them. Honest answer is, it's so much more pleasant to have a friendly conversation and make a connection with somebody and then explore the opportunities that come from that. And so that's what I coach. I coach people on the the benefits of that. Well, let's Mm -hmm. talk about how to define networking. Kylie, what does networking mean in your world? Um, I have a really interesting relationship with networking. Um, My first uh, position out of school was with my local chamber of commerce. So, you know, as I'm sure both of you know, that's very network focused. So my kind of ingrained, um, willing or unwilling definition of networking is kind of that elevator pitch, sell yourself in 15 seconds, get in a circle and talk about what I can do for you. If you do this for me, it's very, um, 
give and take salesy relationships. Transactional, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think of networking as transactional, meaning I'm meeting you so that I can do something for you or you can do something for me. And is that what it feels like? Is it kind of icky? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's always been something that I haven't loved doing. It's always kind of intimidated me. Um yeah. And yeah, it's it's not my favorite thing in the world, networking. <laughs> well, I had I had a boss right out of college that was just hilarious. And he would tell me about the events happening in the ad community and say, all right, I know that Marcy Brogan is going to be at this event. And at the time, Marcy Brogan ran this incredible ad agency. It still exists. I think she sold it. Uh, they do amazing work. And he would say, I know she's going to be at this event tonight. And if I hear you didn't sit next to her, I'm going to be so disappointed. And it was a challenge. But let me tell you, I lived up to it because I didn't want to come in the next morning and disappoint him. So I would sit next to Marcy Brogan. And it really helped me break through that fear. So now that we know how icky networking can feel, Wendy, you're going to help us redefine it. And let's talk about how to approach a networking event. So yes. if so, wants to go to a networking event and meet some people that that may someday turn into customers, how should she look at that? Well, the first thing I thought of when I was listening to her experiences with, with the chamber and your experience with your boss is in both cases, it was them telling you what to do, but not telling you how to. And that's exactly. where a lot of the icky comes from is, well, you need to network. Yes, but how do I do that? You just network. But how do I do that? You you network. Just introduce and yourself. You know, just say hi. Just, just, just yep. talk to people. Right, right. Exactly. I coach the how. Okay, this is a teachable moment. That's what I like to call a teachable moment. A teachable moment here, people. Time for another teachable moment. So how to network. So you're going to a networking event and regardless of who you are, an introvert or an extrovert, the first thing you have to do is actually say yes to going because most people don't actually want to be there. They, because, because they have a bad taste in their mouth because everybody is there. Just what can I get? What can you give me? Let me tell you all about who I am. So I do encourage people that if they need that push to get to an event, uh, think about this. It's it's usually at a random location, like a restaurant. So think to yourself, gosh darn it, they got the best fries. I am going to go get myself a basket of fries, and that's going to be my reward for going to that event. Or uh, Or for other people, set a goal. I can leave after I've met five people. So whatever you need to do to get your butt there... Do it because that's the hardest but, part, right? Mm-hmm. It is. Yes, it really is. It really is. And then I also do encourage that that incredible, important self talk. Even if you got to look in the rearview mirror of your car, I'm awesome. I do a product or service that other people need to know about. They want to know me. No one is judging me. No that's one is the ju- biggest and thing. Answer is yeah. the majority of them really don't care. Because they're there for the same reasons. So so whatever you need to do as a new networker or somebody who has been reluctantly shoved into this world to be to get there, let's start with that. Um yeah. and I like yes, it. let's start with that. Um so set a goal, 
I'm going to meet five people. Once I meet five people, I get to leave. And another way that makes it really comfortable is you can actually change people's perspective of networking. Uh, if you go into these events and don't ever offer your product or service for sale. That's the best way to do it. I'm telling you it, to just go it, in there and make friends, ask people about themselves. Yes. They will think you are the most awesome human because yes. you stood there and listened to them. I think yes. that's such an awesome point to make because I, I think that part of what I learned being, you know, in my chamber, I met so many amazing people, people I still talk to to this day. It took me a little bit to get out of the frame of mind of networking, sell myself, sell what I do, where do I want to go to kind of get to the point of creating great relationships that I think I'm going to keep for a long time now. And that's what I ended up getting the most out of. So it's a lesson I learned like very early in my career. And I'm so grateful I did because now at this point, yeah, like in my professional life, I've benefited from them for sure, but I've gained great relationships. So it's, yes. it's awesome when you look at it differently, for sure. Yes, yes. And part of that too is if you remind yourself that this is not the only time I'm going to ever speak to this person, you don't have to tell them everything. You, you literally are overwhelming people by trying to share every single aspect of yourself and your products or services in one setting. The goal is to make a warm connection to get another time on the calendar. So take that pressure off of you as well. Networking doesn't suck because it's not a one and done situation. Your goal is just to make a connection so that the next time it's better and faster. So yeah, it's de-stress yourself over, over this. So the nitty gritty of getting into a networking event and coming into the room and you've got three people over there all engrossed in a conversation and five people over here and they're all happy and they do not look like they, they care what you have to say. Um, it's hard to break into those conversations and to not feel intimidated. Um, Kylie, I know you've had some experience with that. What do you usually do when you encounter that? Um, honestly, I think that I think coming out of school, I just kind of very similar to what Wendy said, which I'm, you know, reflecting now, and I'm glad that I did it like the right way. Um, but just kind of a forcing yourself into it and b talking to yourself positively, because it is so intimidating for me. I mean, being as young as I was when I was thrown into, you know, I don't want to say the wolves, but, you know, in, in that sort of situation, everybody is a pro at networking. They know each other. They're seasoned. Like in, in my head, as yeah, as a 22-year-old, I'm like, they do this every week. So it's, it's something now. I kind of had to fake it till I make it with some confidence. So it's it's tough, but what other choice do you have? Exactly. See, what you can't see is I'm shaking my head because she walks into it thinking that they're pros and they're seasons and I'm shaking my head. I'm like, no, they're there socializing. If Especially right. if it's a chamber and it's a repetitive chamber group. Mm -hmm. uh, they're there just, you know, what are you doing this weekend? I'm going to be doing that. What did you think of that? They're, they're, they're not actually networking either or selling. They're, they're socializing on the clock. Yeah. 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 That's what it is. Yes. Yes. But the good news is, is if they actually are at that point where they're just socializing on the clock, they are, they are much friendlier than you realize. They're not somebody that this is not high school. You're not going to walk up to a circle of people at a structured networking event and have them say, sorry, no, no room at this cool kid's table. You know, they're, they're new blood. You are new, fresh meat. 
Oh, so yeah. if they don't start the conversation and shame on them, you can just step in, listen, and then when a moment comes to interject, interject. You're going to be adding positively to the conversation, even the conversation is, what did you think of the latest Spider-Man movie? Right. Um, right, right. Or you can even be kind of bold and say, what are you drinking? Right? So because, yeah, because, you know, honestly, that's the perception of networking, but that's a whole nother conversation. It's not cocktails and business cards, but usually at those events, people have a drink or, or, you know, so, so it is, it is, it is a little intimidating to be bold, but we are adults and the opportunity to talk to somebody new is why they are there. So there is not the, the likelihood of rejection is mental, not actual. Absolutely. That's why we do that positive self-talk before you go in. Yep. That's great stuff, mm-hmm. Wendy. Let's talk about the art of conversation. One of the mm. things that I like to advise young people about is to make sure you have enough exposure to interesting current affairs that you can bring something up in the middle of a conversation because you've read about it. And I'll give you an example. Um, in the automotive industry, there was a something that happened. It's been a few years back, maybe five, six years ago now, with Volkswagen. They had some fraud going on with their emissions. Mm. And what had happened was the entire engineering team had agreed that they would change the settings of the engines when they were testing for emissions. And then mm. put them back to normal when they were selling the cars. Okay. And it was a huge controversy. And at the time we were doing business with an automotive supplier. And I was so happy that when we were sitting at lunch and there was a lull in the conversation, I was able to say, Hey, did you guys hear about what happened with the Volkswagen? What do you think about that? What do you right. think in your corporate culture and your project management teams would, you know, how do you think something like that could happen? And how do you prevent it from happening? Because when you're, when you dig into something deep, you're allowing those people who are, who are meeting you to get to know you a little better. You're allowing Mm -hmm. them to understand for one thing that you're smart enough to read the related trade press. And also that you're, you're expressing your character a little bit. That particular story allowed me to express character and also some wisdom about how that happens and how command and control leadership can cause people to do whatever the leaders tell them to do, even if it's not good. So mm-hmm. I really encourage people, if you're in the automotive industry, we read automotive news. If you're in advertising, read Ad Week, read Ad Age, because that helps you, again, in a small way contribute to a conversation, something that someone else might not know, you know? So what other, what other tips of, um, making small talk do we have? What do you, what do you got for us, Wendy? So, well, usually for, uh, small talk that I talk about, it's, it's not necessarily an industry specific room, um, unless it's an expo or a chamber or not a chamber, an expo, a convention, uh, an association. So I, I usually go even lighter small talk than that. I know it's uh, sounds cliche, but it's really easy to start a conversation either complaining or complimenting the weather. And, <laughs> True. Uh, and, and, yeah, we're in Michigan. And, and, Stick around. 
Right, right. That's why I said complain or compliment, um, uh, especially if it's somebody that you you don't actually know anything about them as well. So, uh, so just, but it does get that opportunity to start hearing how they think, how they feel, what words they use tells you a lot about their character as well. And and once you get that conversation started, even if it's something as simple as, oh my gosh, the wind is so strong today, it keeps whipping uh, the trees against my house. And I'm like, I know um, my my yard. Okay, so now you can kind of build as a homeowner and you're like, so what do you do anyways? I mean, the point of networking is to have those productive business conversations. The small talk is just to get the wheels turning. But an expert networker, somebody who has uh, learned the skill and to view it as as the skill it is, just used that small talk to control the conversation and start moving it in the direction that they're interested in. Um, I talk about that a lot with, with younger professionals is I'm going to talk about what I'm doing this weekend. And now you can look at it as a choose your own adventure story. Do you want to know more about my personal life or my professional life? Because I said I'm going to this festival, but I also have some work to do. So if you ask me about my work, maybe you're going to start listening for ways that you can maybe benefit from what I'm doing. Um, you can, uh, I, I advocate for, I advocate for these running questions. Like there's like this, this, uh, background program running in your mind where your mouth is saying one thing, but your brain is looking for solutions to, to the questions that are running there. I love the question of who do I know that this person needs to know? So once again, the conversation is not about you. You're not looking at this person and only thinking, are they somebody that is going to be useful to me? You're also looking at them as, as a doorway to other opportunities. So how do I, so who do I know that this person needs to know? Because I get to be a rock star if I make this introduction. Right. Yes. Or another question is, who do who do I know that needs to know this person? Because now I can show the person in front of me. It's a really good thing that they spent the last 20 minutes talking to me because I'm about to make their day by introducing them to somebody they're looking for. Right. And and then the third question that I always tell people to run in their mind that you should run in your mind all the time. Is this actually somebody who's even worth my time? Because you're a gatekeeper. You know, you might be a young professional and you're growing your network, but you don't want to say yes to everything because you're also building a reputation and you're protecting your reputation and you're protecting those who trust you by being that gatekeeper to the person in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's amazing listening to you say that because I can now rattle off in my head, like friends of mine and peers that I've met through networking that I can just see them doing that in their brains because they're just they're so good at it and calm and composed. So that's, that's really interesting because now I'm thinking of so many different people. Thank you. There's this theory of being the, being a hub, which I always liked when I was in sales, because one of my proudest moments on a regular basis was when people would call me for something that was completely unrelated to what I did because they knew, Oh my God, Lori knows everybody. Let's call her and see if she knows somebody who can help us get this tree out of our backyard. And I was doing video production, but I knew everybody. I just, networking was what I did. And I knew so many people that I was able to put people together. And I was also able to, you know, if you're, you were looking to shoot a car and you couldn't find a turntable, you could call me and say, Hey, you know, here, there's three people over here. I know that do that, call them. And it, it, when you can become a hub 
for other people and they start to Mm -hmm. see you that way, then people look forward to seeing you at those events. They look forward to introducing you to people at those events. Um, You look like you're just, you got something to say, Wendy. What do you got? I do because I actually coach networking and the standpoint of like landscapes. There are four different networking landscapes and you're talking about being a hub. Um, I call that's the farming landscape. That's the, I am a resource. These people come to me seeking answers. Um, I have my network of trusted people on my farm. And that's, 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 that's the, that's one of four ways of finding great value in networking. And uh, there is something really magical about being that per that's how you get to be the person everyone knows because everyone knows that they can count on you for a solution. Mm-hmm. And that's something else that a lot of, that's an, another big difference between people focused on selling and people who are networking is people focused on selling. When you came to them to say, Hey, I have a problem. The sellers are going to say, I don't do that, but good luck. Where the networker right. is going to say, I don't, but I know who does. Yeah, big difference. Big, big difference. difference. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I always say that too. Sometimes, no matter what you do, you just got to work like a farmer and get the job done. So it makes sense that my approach to networking would be farmer. What are the other mm-hmm. approaches? Uh, well, the other one is uh, hunting is uh, the landscape is people think of it as for sales, it's cold calling, door knocking. But in a networking landscape, it's actually the analytical people who need to make a plan so they can literally chart their progress so they can keep on track. It's like the like if you were on a diet doing a food diary so you could see I'm actually doing good. Don't right. stop. Um, but, you know, hunters would be like, I went to that event. I didn't make a sale. I'm done. Okay. You're not supposed to make a sale at a networking event. That's that's why. Um, the foraging environment, which is primarily what we're talking about, those random networking events when you don't know who's going to be there, you don't know where it's going to be, you don't know when it's going to be, um, that's a foraging opportunity. That's an opportunity to spot everything from a coffee date up to a potential customer. So learning how to raise your awareness and the skills to create those opportunities that you're surrounded by, I call foraging. So, you know, looking around, see what's here. And, uh, and the last landscape is actually, I call it fishing. And the fishing landscape is a collaboration or a leadership type of networking. That's where you find those mentors, who, people who are going to either intentionally or unintentionally mentor you to make you better or introduce you to those bigger rooms. You know, it's that, that building up of your business. So each one of these, when people say I'm networking, those are the four most common goals. And sometimes the frustration comes from you're at a chamber event and you're networking, but the person next to you is also networking, but they have a different intent. And so, so you, you run into some, friction there. But the reality is that 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 umbrella is all four of them. And a little bit of all of them is that long term, we're talking 10, 20, 30 years of success. It's just when you like, I've been watching uh, Kylie hear this stuff. And it's been open. She's been like, Oh, my gosh, yes, when you are aware of the bigger picture, you feel in control. And then you get to act to create the results that you want. It is not luck. It is not accidental. It is the skill Mm -hmm. of networking. That's what's so amazing. Like listening to you talk, I keep thinking back on to my previous experiences because now since the pandemic, I've been totally remote almost this whole time and haven't done a ton of in-person networking. But I think back to those first few chamber events and I think what was so intimidating about it 
is I assumed everybody was a hunter. So I assumed that that meant that I needed to be a hunter too. And I'm not, um, I, I'm, there's obviously, you know, there's a professional version of you, a private version of you, and there's things, you know, about each of those versions of yourself that don't mesh, but I was never, I guess, fond of the idea of, you know, networking meant you have to be on all the time and so professional and put on this facade of yourself. And it, you know, it took me a little bit, but, you know, I've learned not everybody's a hunter. The hunters, I think from my experience, aren't usually that successful with their mindset of it. And, you know, it's interesting since then, um, Lori knows this, but I've recently become um, the co-chair of a networking group for that same chamber. And now I have this whole new, you know, I guess, vision of it and what that looks like. So it's so interesting to be able to like see where I am and where I was and my opinions kind of evolve and put words and definitions to it. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yes. There's, there's, there's power and comfort in seeing, in seeing the movement. Yeah. I found too, Wendy, I don't know if you found this. But I've had circumstances where I, um, over time, as you network more and more often, you have your stable of stories or experiences that you share that make people laugh. That's my thing is I'll, I love to make people laugh. And so I'm usually the one in over, you know, in the corner with five or six people and it's really boisterous and nobody knows what's happening. <laughs> so that's usually my crowd. I always look, look for the loud people. And it, but if you can figure out like what stories in your business do people find particularly in, interesting or, or intriguing or wow, that's weird. And, and keep those in the back of your mind so that when you do meet someone and they say, what do you do? You can say, well, for example, you know, we do, um, you know, vacuum demo videos for Electrolux. And that means we rent a big house. And did you know, we can't, the only thing we can vacuum with those prototypes is, um, you know, fake pet hair that we had to go to the store to cut and, um, confetti that we had to cut in big pieces because those, those vacuums are so crazy clean. And then we won't go into the story of what happened to one of those vacuums in our facility once, but there's just all these really interesting little stories and little things that would come up, um, that would help people understand what it was we did. So let's talk a little bit about networking for introverts. I know so many people that they just, new people are intimidating, new people make them anxious. And if they're an entrepreneur or, you know, God help them if they got themselves into a sales position, how do you advise networking um, for introverts? Tell me a little oh, bit about easy. that, Wendy. I mean, how, how can an introvert go into a networking situation with confidence? Oh, that's easy. An introvert is actually ideally suited to be an expert networker because networking is about listening. Uh, I mean, honestly, how can you sell or solve anybody's problems if you don't know what they are? And that that comes from listening. So um, introverts can take control of a networking environment and feel better about it by asking the questions first. If they're asking the questions, they're in control of the conversation. 
and they can make it go as long as they want by every time the person's done answering the question, they can just ask another question and keep the conversation going, keeping it solely focused on the other person, which is actually a really important networking thing to do early in a new relationship, or at least the very first time, is to really focus on the other person. Um, but if a introvert does find themselves in a situation where the extrovert has taken control of the conversation, whatever question the extrovert asks, more than likely they want to answer it too. So you oh. can just turn around and mirror that question back at them. Okay. You know, so once again, now you don't have to worry about, well, what do I, what should I ask? What should I say next? They've told you what to say next. So what do you do? Oh, I do this. How about you? What do you do? Got it. Yep. Just spin it back around and you don't have to add much. You just kind of repurpose what they asked you and feed it back to them. So absolutely. Nice and easy. I love it. Mm -hmm. Kylie, did you have any questions that we haven't covered yet? Um, honestly, no, this has been, I'm loving this just as, as somebody who kind of actively avoided networking at all costs to now kind of be entering this phase where I can't do that anymore. It's been really cool to put like names and definitions to my former mindset on it. So awesome. I love That's it. Thanks, great. Wendy. So we love to, to close with either an interesting or unusual, or in this case, a little crazy uh, work story. So Wendy brought us one when Mm -hmm. she thought she was getting a promotion and she was so excited. And then this happened. It's time for another Let's Hear Your Crazy Story. The story you are about to see is true. It's a crazy world. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I I do very much credit that moment of my life for putting me on the path that led me here. So so it's one of those things that at the time, uh, but now, wow. So um, I used to have a good old fashioned corporate desk job, you know, the clock in, clock out Monday through Friday. I, uh, I figured out very, very quickly that there was really no place I was going to go. There's not a lot of vertical opportunities in that corporate structure that don't require uh, a horizontal move that you have to sit in for a year. So I decided inside my own department, there was one seat not taken. It was a team lead seat. So there were, you know, the, the associates and then the managers and so on and such forth. And uh, so I I asked my manager, I asked them to consider creating a team lead over the department that I was in. And and yet, which actually the, I now realize why that didn't happen, because I would have been the team lead of three people, two of which I actually hated. I did not oh. like these women. Yeah, that would yes. not be good. No, no, these women were were like the like the cause of a lot of strife and conflict in our department, but always the victim. And and yet I really didn't care because the goal was I I'm ambitious. I needed uh, you know to to grow. Right. And there was no place to do that. And one day I had a horrible conflict with these two women and I went to my manager for help as you should. But my manager's response was figure it out yourself. So I did. Uh-oh. And then three days later, I got called in 
to the conference room where my manager and another assistant manager was. And I thought I was getting promoted to team lead because I had been wanting this team lead position forever. It turns out she did not appreciate the way I handled the Uh situation. She told me you handled it wrong. No, she's gone. Terrible timing. (laughs) To which I replied, I asked you for help and you told me to do it myself. Oh, man. And it turns out I was actually being written up. Um, You know, she, she, she wrote me up because I didn't handle the situation correctly. And, and uh, the honest answer is, uh, this I've always been somebody up to that point, no more, was a little intimidated by people I viewed as having authority over me. Okay. And by the end of that conversation, she's standing up, I'm standing up, we're yelling at each other, Uh-oh. I'm yelling, I came to you for help, and you told me to hand it myself, you don't get to decide that I handled it wrong. <laughs> and I felt so bad for this assistant manager sitting there because he's the witness. That's Uh why he was there. They needed a witness to me getting written up and they wanted me to sign a form basically confessing my sin. And I refused. (laughs) I am not signing that form. Nope. And and I, I ended up going home that night and that was the moment I went, you know what? I'm an at will employee and I choose not to be there anymore. So that, I ended up, I was the fourth person in my department that year. I ended up taking a six-week stress leave on their dime, and I went job hunting. Oh, Oh my God, that's awesome. And six weeks later, I came back, and I turned in my resignation. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and they didn't even let me finish, and I don't like that businesses do that either. You don't treat your good employees who have decided to move on like criminals because how dare they leave. Oh, so, get up, oh, so, owners and, and managers get upset about that, though. They do take it personally. And they do. It's the wrong do. way to take it, but it, yeah. It, it was, oh, so, so you know, you know, so yeah, I... I am a big believer in if you don't like the situation you're in, then it is your responsibility to change it. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that hear that, but yet they still live in this victim mindset. Yeah. And feel stuck. So they feel stuck. So if you don't want to be stuck, I will definitely help you unstick. But if you want to just complain, I'm going to wish you good luck with that. Um, because I mean, I, I promise you, it was not an easy row. I didn't immediately move to another job and it was a great job. No, it was a sales job selling credit card processing. I had no idea that everyone hates them. That's a tough job right there. Yeah. Anybody who's selling credit card processing, God bless you. It's hard. Oh, I didn't do good. It's oh, I didn't hard. do good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do good. She but moved that on. got me back into the chambers. It got me back into referral groups. It got me saying, this is what I love. I love meeting new people and finding out what makes them amazing and share them with others. How do I do this forever? Yeah. Well, now you found out a way to do that forever. That's what Wendy does, guys, is she teaches people how to network. So, Wendy, we're going to wrap up this episode. Kylie, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, Wendy, where can people reach you? We're going to put a link on the podcast. Um, WorkMomSays.com has an episode page for each episode, and we'll include the information there. But, Wendy, go ahead and tell us where they can reach you and what what kind of uh, offerings you have. All right. Well, they can reach me at wendycaverly.com 
or they can find me on LinkedIn at Wendy Caverly. Um, both of them have a lot of the a lot of the videos and podcasts and information I do. I do have my very first ever group coaching program starting after Easter. It's intended to give everyone an environment where they can practice those skills. So when they do get told to go network, they already know how to network. Um, but if nothing else, I would love to connect with them and uh, share my passion and maybe encourage them to view the skill of networking as separate from selling and marketing and something definitely just as important to do. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Um, I am going to wrap up this episode. If you know someone that you think should be a guest on Work Mom Says or you have a question, please reach out to me at workmomsays.com. There's a contact form there that will let you reach me right away. And I love to hear from our listeners. Thank you again, Wendy and Kylie, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Work Mom Says. Don't be an idiot. For more information, you can email Work Mom at L-O-R-I workmomsays.com. That's Lori at workmomsays.com. And remember, (sighs) don't be an idiot.